president is still selling merchandise on his campaign website. This is a new item. We monitor it from time to time. It's called a presidential medal. It's a medallion dipped in bronze, just like the real Donald Trump. And for only $45, you can have a little version of the president to scowl at you while you sleep. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> There's some more things. Hold on. Here's the yeah, go ahead. Yeah. There are quite a few items for sale on the site right now. Some new things. There's a coffee mug that says, I love waking up and remembering that Donald Trump is president. <laughs> well, who doesn't? You just took the words right out of nobody's mouth. And they're also selling, uh, this is good, Latinos poor Trump buttons. Marked down from $5 to 4 <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how he's going to build that wall. He can't even get Mexicans to pay for a button. Now, that's a funny joke at the end there. But that whole, as it's said by nobody. Yeah, see, that's just, that's just yeah. wrong. Jimmy, I love you. I really do. Well, it's right for his audience, right. I, I guess. Yeah. I only left that in for the context oh, of sure. the payoff oh, yeah. at the oh, end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's not, all right. I'm not quibbling yeah, with it, and no, I, I recognize that, that that's what's going on. But, like, my, my dad, my whole family voted for Donald Trump, and, uh, and my dad got a... Uh, Make America Great Again hat for his 80th birthday last week, and he was wearing it around Laughlin, Nevada at the big music festival. And he said, you wouldn't believe how many guys came up to me and high-fived me. Now, are those guys being out loud about that? Probably not, because the media would lead you to believe that only a crazy racist person is, mm-hmm. you know, happy with Donald You know what most of it is? I know what it is with my, my own family. You know what most of it is? It's just sticking it to everybody else. It's because you are telling me I shouldn't. That's why that's I'm some into of it. it. Yeah. That's a lot of it. Because yeah. I hear every day what I'm supposed to think, and I don't agree with you, so... F you. Right, exactly, by the media in particular. Hey, uh, Jimmy, and I say this out of serious affection for you and your work. I would guess 75 to 90% of the guys in the, what they call it, the Texas Navy or the Louisiana Navy. The Cajun Navy. The Cajun Navy, and, and it was many Texans too this time, but... I would imagine 75 to 90% of those guys who are doing those incredibly selfless, beautiful things voted for Donald Trump. I'll bet you're right. Do you really hate them? Are they really nobody? Are they just stupid? Are they all stupid racists? Some of them are stupid. Some of them are racists, but not all of them. Boy, John Stewart, he was on Charlie Rose, and he did an interview like a year ago, but I just watched it last week when they reran it. And he got into that. He said, you know how many friends I have that voted for Donald Trump? Friends of mine, I've known my whole life that voted for Donald Trump because they're in that, you know, part of the world in New Jersey, working class guys where they've been getting screwed over and over and over again. Their wages aren't going up and they and they voted Donald Trump. And he said, I know them and they're not racists and they're not crazy people mm-hmm. and they don't hate anybody. They just don't like their job situation and, and believe Donald Trump could do something about it. Right. And uh, there's a lot of that. You know, wars of words interest me for, you know, obvious reasons. I'm, I'm just kind of into language and, and words and meanings and that sort of thing. But the uh, and, and so I tip my cap to the the far leftists who are trying to and have managed to some extent to smear the meanings of nationalism, economic nationalism. And white nationalism, which are concepts that are sort of connected, but range from uh, defensible to advisable to loathsome, depending on your point of view about the world. And, and the funny thing is, Bernie Sanders 
is to a huge degree an economic nationalist. Oh, sure he is. Steve Bannon is primarily an economic nationalist. But you got people on the left trying to smear him as a white nationalist, which is just a silly notion. Now, some of the people he square dances with occasionally, you know, some of them might, if you move two steps over, maybe they dabble in that. And so you smear a guy like that with them. But Bernie Sanders agrees with Steve Bannon all the freaking time. And about, you know, economic issues in particular, globalization. I've taken the econ classes. I, I swallowed the, uh, it was actually, it wasn't Kool-Aid. It was uh, Flavor-Aid, right? At Jonestown? How'd Kool-Aid get the rap for that? Hey, Kool-Aid! Um, it was, uh, what drink was it? Sunny D. <laughs> That's got solar energy. 7-Up? <laughs> no. Capri no, it Sun. Wasn't, no, it wasn't Capri Suns. That's soccer practice. Shut up. Um, uh, where was I? Oh, and I drank the Kool-Aid that, listen, globalization, global trade, et cetera, et cetera, actually increases per capita wealth, X, Y, Z, zabadabadoo. It's like um, illegal immigration. If you have 10 million illegal immigrants flood into the United States of America, for instance, eventually, on average, that will raise economic output. Therefore, it's good. What that overlooks completely is is this this complete dislocation of specific people or groups of people. So, and like I said, in terms of global trade, I, I, I bought this as a, you know, a lad at university learning about economics. But what they don't teach you is that, that money goes from the pockets of the people with factory jobs in New Jersey, who are John Stewart's friends, for example, to the pockets of the people who run the global corporations and make zillions of dollars. Your CEOs are making $40 million, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so, yeah, it's 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 one of those. It's the difference between the knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is is knowing that uh, that the total wealth goes up. Wisdom is understanding. Oh, it gets spread out in a way that that screws the American worker. Now, can you solve that problem without so screwing up the economy that it's bad for everybody? That's a really delicate thing, really tough one. But Donald Trump came out and said, "Look." All these politicians are telling you, oh, no, it's good for everybody, and ignoring the fact that huge groups of Americans are bearing the brunt of the change. That's not effing racism, my friends. That is somebody finally speaking up for a huge uh, uh, you know, huge group of Americans. Nah, it was the Russians. All right. Um, Seth Meyers had a I joke. I stand corrected. Seth Meyers had a joke the other night that, hey, Bernie Sanders didn't tell you not to visit Wisconsin. Well, she was blaming Bernie Sanders for the loss. Right. That's, uh, that's a good one. Um, uh, duh. I got some more of this relationship stuff. Do you want to do clips of the week here? Well, oh, it's already time apologies. to take a break. Should we do clips of the week and then come back and do relationships? Yeah, perfect. Let's do it. I, you know, I, I went off on it. I just, I, I, I'm sorry for the rant. I apologize. He actually has right here in the studio a box that you would store soap in. Right, exactly. And I'll climb down off of it now and tell you it's time to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's cow clips of the week. <laughs> The North Korean nuclear program is more advanced and more dangerous than ever. His abusive use of missiles and his nuclear threats show that he is begging for war. It looks like it could be something that will be uh, not good. Believe me, not good. The only plum 
plumbing he does is when he loses his keys in the toilet bowl. So calm down. Bernie's not paying $17.99 for a book. That's like four and a half chicken noodle soup. I basically hang out with him all the time. He, we laugh. We sing karaoke. We do a lot of cool things together. And we ride horses. We hang out. We go skiing. I really have trouble listening to that Dennis Rodman clip. Because of his the, the mouth noises. He's got those things in his, his lips and his tongue, and it's just too much saliva and metal and teeth clanking around in a, a swamp. You know, It's like a, sp- a spoon in a bowl full of mush. <laughs> Drain that swamp. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, I was, I just, I, nah, I was a buzzkill. I was going to say something that was a complete buzzkillington. Nobody's looking for that on a Friday. Nope. Huh? Huh? It's not 175 degrees anymore in a lot of uh, the oh. fine places where people listen to the Armstrong and Getty show. That's something to be happy about, huh? Yeah, you get cool weather again. Well, actually, everywhere. God, it was 106 in San Francisco for the God, for the love of God. So, a guy that uh, went through 50 years of relationship advice and picked out the best stuff or the most universal stuff. We'll hit you with some of that coming up. It's good for everyone, right? Yeah. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I heard this song a while. It's yeah, a good I was song. thinking exactly the same thing. Thanks for busting this one out, Michael. When you get a chance, perhaps the, the, the toast to Portland, uh, Radio Macbeth. Coming up. This is Gary Clark Jr. Um. So this guy uh, went. Through. How do you get that guitar tone? I think you got to be cooler than I am. I think that's that's a requirement. I couldn't do that on my best day. The guy who made that amplifier lives a couple of miles from where we are right now. I got like 125 bucks to spend. What can I get? <laughs> um, so this guy read the 50, handle. <laughs> this guy read 50 years worth of relationship studies. He came up with uh, boiled down the stuff that he kept seeing over and over again as what he thinks is the best relationship advice out there. Here's one That's that fantastic. really here's one that really surprised him. You know, it'd be too controversial. Plus, they ought to teach kids to read and write in school. But <sighs> Judy and I had a little premarital counseling uh, from our minister, the minister to the church, and uh, and it was great. It was really good. Everybody ought to learn this yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's it's not easy to keep a relationship together, but it's worth it. And I just I wish those skills were just. There's some automatic way to, to, to have people see him. Well, the, re, the religious thing was, um, you know, it was a thing for, for a very long time. Centuries, actually. And, uh, you know, now by a lot of people would be really looked down upon. Well, yeah. and Which is too bad. Yeah. If we had not been members of that church, I don't know. I don't know if we'd have. Because it was, it was semi-mandatory. It was, look, if I'm going to marry you, I, I want to I tell you a few things first. And it happened to be really valuable stuff, really good stuff about relationships. Now, uh, may I ask what could be an insensitive question? Permission is more freely, insensitive, sir. the better. So, ministers and, and priests—they are not—they haven't experienced relationships. Ministers right? have. Ministers, okay, that was a, okay. Then that's question answered. Because I was wondering where they get their perspective from. Is it just from talking to other people over the years? Do they themselves go through stuff? Well, I, was I, 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 you know, I've I've never been to Berlin, for instance, but I could, you know, describe the history of the Berlin Wall in pretty good detail, and it would be accurate. Yeah, but do you, do you um, think priests never been married? You think I'm they... against that. I think they ought to abolish that today right. in the Catholic Church. I think it's ridiculous, honestly. 
Um, but uh, I think a priest could give good. You could read the article Jackass, for yeah, instance, and, and I, you would learn a lot. I wasn't about trying relations. to dismiss the, yes, the knowledge were. that they you had. Hate I was, Jesus, <laughs> just say it out loud. <laughs> well, plus if you if you had talked to a gazillion couples about their troubles over the years, you would see certain patterns. Probably, yeah, so it's not without value, but you but, know, uh, point well taken. You know, I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't sit down with a marriage counselor who's never been married. Would you? Ah, uh, I would sure. I, choose I would them. sure prefer one who has been. Yeah, there's a bunch of them to choose from. I'd choose yeah. one that has been. Yeah. Right. The one you pray for is the one with wisdom to realize, okay, your personal experience has informed you, but it's not universal. It's like a lot of things in life. You can read about it a lot. You can hear about it a lot. But until you're in it, you don't really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a lot to it. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's one of the things that I would have never guessed while we're on the subject of religion, this sort of thing. Pray for your partner. Yep. Prayer. Several peer-reviewed studies published in respected journals suggest that praying for your partner makes relationships last. The guys who are doing this work are pretty well known in the relationship realm and are not at religious institutions. Um, if you'd ask me what I thought about this five years ago, I'd have thought, ah, no. This is not one of the things I'd ever thought would have been as big a deal as it is. But apparently it's, it's pretty common among successful relationships. You're praying for the other person. Might just be the act of thinking about your relationship that way. Well, yeah. Or it's God intervening. Could be either one. Consciously spending a few minutes thinking, I really care about this person. Here's what I want for them. Actually, this person worded what I just said better. Apart from the supernatural explanation, prayer might work like mindfulness or help the person doing the praying to think compassionately about their partner. There you go. I pray that next time you'll just read the article. Instead of... And not... Uh, no, I, it was fine. Perfectly fine. Use humor. You look fat in those jeans. Kidding. <laughs> Kidding! <laughs> LOL. Kidding! LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, humor is important in a relationship. However, negative humor like sarcasm and mocking can be detrimental to the relationship. Oh, you look good in those jeans. That'd be sarcasm. Oh, Lord. Stop it. Your examples are hurting my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Attempt to be humorous. Wow. Stop. I never a, never have a, nor never would say that sort of thing. But the other person have a sense of humor, and that probably helps in a relationship, huh? Being able to take a joke? No? Yeah, you can't take a joke. Boy, it reminds me, do they have that the one emotion no relationship relationship can endure? Contempt. I mean, because that, that's, that's at the heart of a lot of sarcasm. Not all sarcasm. Yeah. This, yeah. Sarcasm's bad in those settings. Oh, you got to be so careful with it. Some of my most painful memories are uh, realizing that one child in particular, Caitlin, because of the way her brain is, she has no appreciation for sarcasm except as cruelty. She doesn't see it as humor. She just can't. It's like not having a sense of smell, which I finally realized. Um, my other two kids are, are, are fine with it. They get it. They realize I love them. But uh, I found out Kate doesn't see the humor at all. So... Wow. Yeah, I've I've run into that in relationships where I uh, oh, wait wait what you thought you you got mad at that that was, I I didn't even recall what I said right and then it's like oh yeah I guess I guess that could be or they don't say it as being mean with a wink and a, a tap on the arm it's just being yeah, mean yeah like, yeah 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 it's something that I need to work on because my default mechanism often is just kind of communicate sarcastically and and highlight the funny things and that's just how my brain works but that's not how. Sure. Other people's always do. My five-year-old said yesterday, because I have a really good sense of humor, I know that we're going north right now, which made me think, I don't think you know what a sense of humor is. <laughs> <laughs> 
Unless that or was, was a, that really, a really sophisticated really, joke. Maybe that was seriously oh a sophisticated It's like the Mozart of humor. That's maybe brilliant. that's what it was. I don't know. That kid a YouTube channel. <laughs> or, God, that was like the old triple reverse. You know, that might have been what he was doing because I thought, how could you put, because we've talked about this and I know you know that. But, <sighs> Maybe that was just a joke that went over my I head. I think he was too hip for the room. He was sitting in his car seat and went like this with his hand <laughs> over Dad's head on that one. Say, I'll tell Mom. Wow. I'll tell Mom. She'll Maybe, get it. Yeah. Cat and Clueless. Two drink minimum. Tip your wages. Old simple dad. He actually did say the other day, tough crowd. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. I know. Uh, more relationship advice. Going through this very slowly. So your relationships are doomed this weekend. <laughs> Interpret your uh, your significant other's behavior in a positive way. Lovers often give their partners the benefit of the doubt and attribute the best pos- pos- possible motives to their behavior, which is a good idea. Uh, even using this example, for example, if your partner cheats on you, you can make any number of attributions uh, about that. Wow. Okay, we're not. I thought maybe we can work up to that. <laughs> Say well, my partner ahead. is a dirtbag and I really hate him. He'll probably do that again. Uh, that relationship won't probably succeed, but sometimes people try to give their partners more credit than that. Um, he's made a mistake. It was a one-time thing. He did too many drinks. Could happen to anybody. He loves me. Blah, right. blah, blah. Which, well, by the way, could be the case. Yeah, it, it is the case sometimes, but that is a beautiful example of, okay, when does accepting that your partner is flawed like you are become you're a doormat? You're well, being abused. Everybody's got to sense that line. Certainly, and, if they do that again on Friday night, then perhaps. <laughs> and there is instance. no, and there is no one universal line. The line that one person has will be very different than the line that you have. Sometimes, for legitimate reasons. Sometimes, because you grew up in a household where you're so used to abuse, you don't recognize it as abuse. So you know that's when you get into Sadville. Um, I tell you what, if you grew up in a happy, intact family. It, it it's like uh, you know everybody's always talking about white privilege. You just you don't know how good you have it in so many ways. I think. Oh, it's unless awesome. you observe the other many times. Yeah, it's awesome. I would recommend it for anybody for anybody as I did. But it gives you some blind spots, or at least it has me that I didn't re- realize even existed out there for the way things can be. I didn't know that was even a possibility. Um, of course, you didn't know that there were homosexual people till you were how old? Hmm. Twenty five. Yeah. Whew. How would I have that's known? Amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. That's that's amazing. <laughs> News to me. Um, <laughs> they do what? <laughs> I also let, didn't flatulate. Why did they do that? I also never flatulated until I was like close to thirty. That is an absolute lie. I believe it was <laughs> that I reject that. Assertion on its face. Absolutely true. I believe you said it was twenty five. Is was what you it? said something like that. Yeah. Now yeah. yeah, there are a couple sneaks in the uh, twenty eight, twenty nine nope. year old range. No. Nope. Never. It's like a whole flatulated. It's like if a tree falls in the forest thing. Just because you didn't know it doesn't mean it didn't happen. I, I don't did, know. I've <laughs> never. I've, I've never thought that sort of thing is funny or acceptable. <laughs> You'd My have kids... floated away like a dirigible if that was true. <laughs> Hard fart primary. <laughs> My kids think it's hilarious, and it just... <laughs> Send them to live with me. I'll raise them. As you know, I've never said the word. You've I've n- never said the word. You've never done the pull-my-finger game with your kids? No. God, no. Oh, oh no. Uh, God, no. Sean, oh, my God, what have you done? And I've, Why did you say that? And I've never said what I consider the F word. <laughs> the real F word. I don't like to hear it, and I've never said it. 
He just gave him the he gave him the stiff arm. He gave him the talk to the hand. I find that incredibly uh, unseemly. <laughs> wow. Never did it until age twenty seven. What, what was it? A religious awakening, or did the pressure just finally make your balloon not give way? How did you not just call a doctor immediately? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. If all of a sudden there was a loud expulsion of air out of my ear that had never happened before, I'd think, "Holy crap! Oh my, this is not good." Yeah, something's gone wrong. Um, do I have time for one more? I actually don't. When it finally happened, they had to clear the whole town. Yeah. Blamed it on an overturned train full of ammonia. That was a real story. I think I just, uh, I don't know, maybe I was watching my diet or something. I don't know. All right. <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Oh, Phillips? boy. Trump is Twitter shaming the GOP. I'm getting legislation passed this morning, and the FBI is now involved in the case of the controversial arrest of that University of Utah nurse. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Well, I mentioned yesterday that my wife made uh, goat milk soap, which I'm now using. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Somebody one-upped me on that whole homemade soap. Hit you with that right before the news when we come back. Wow. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So, um, my wife made goat milk soap. I used it. I really liked it. She's going to try to make it and market it next year. And then then if I talk about it, then I've violated some federal guidelines. But anyway, uh, we got this text from somebody who says, my wife made breast milk soap. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Teat. It was good, but it was weird. (laughs) Oh, that's great. What the hell? Jeez, that would weird me out. Where do you get out. the idea? That would weird hey, me out. I don't out. know what I'm going to do. <laughs> what? what? Who, who thought of that? I don't know. That would weird me out. Wow. Well, tell me that after I use it once, at least. <sighs> Meanwhile, yeah. a hungry baby. Okay, I get it. We're clean, but come on now. <laughs> I'm starving over here. Oh, nice use of that stuff. I need that. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, this just coming out. We've only got a sentence on it, but I want to bring it to your attention. Federal audit says $84 million in U.S. taxpayer funds were used improperly for planning California water tunnel project. No way. The giant water tunnel project. Are you saying the government of California is corrupt? Damn. President Trump is pushing congressional Republicans to get moving, to start working immediately on a tax overhaul. Trump tweeting, quote, Republicans must start the tax reform tax cut legislation ASAP. Don't wait until the end of September. We need now more than ever. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Because <laughs> if there's one thing government does, it's hurry. Yes. <laughs> well, what do you want, though? Be specific. Pick up the phone. Help drive it. Do you know what? If you're not pulling, you're on the wagon or something. There's a saying about that. You ought to pull is the point of it. (laughs) Before that, Trump had tweeted out what some think may be part of his reason he's working a bit more with Democrats now. Republicans, sorry, but I've been hearing about repeal and replace for seven years didn't happen. Even worse, the Senate filibuster rule will never allow the Republicans to pass even great legislation. That's right. End it. Eight Dems control will rarely get 60 versus 51 votes. It is a Republican death wish. That's interesting. You know, as far as the health care thing and not getting off the ground, uh, Mitch McConnell blamed Trump for being a novice. I think him being a novice was a benefit to us all in this and that he he looked if he looked at it like a politician, 
he would have gone into it like Mitch McConnell and just say, oh, politicians lie all the time. We overstate things that we can't deliver on. That's how we get elected. Trump went into it thinking, well, you said this for seven years a thousand times. I thought you actually meant it. Right. You didn't mean it? That's crazy. Right. Salt Lake County's DA is asking the FBI to help investigate possible civil rights violations in the arrest of the University of Utah Hospital nurse. District Attorney Sam Gill says there are issues in the arrest of nurse Alex Wubbles that go beyond a criminal investigation and can only be looked into by federal agents. Now, the FBI says it's reviewing the case, but it's too soon to determine if there's going to be any charges. Wubbles was <clears throat> arrested, as you'll remember, in late July after she refused to do a blood draw demanded by a Salt Lake City police detective. Right. So now the FBI is going to be getting involved in it. And uh, yeah, that's interesting. Well, yeah, okay. And the very, very well-paid Dr. Phil is going to have Sinead O'Connor on his show next week oh, to discuss Lord. her mental health struggles. Oh, boy. You shaved your head in the 80s? Huh. O'Connell reportedly is going to talk about the alleged abuse she suffered as a child at the hands of her mother, who she claims ran a torture chamber. Well, you know, that sounds awful, but why would you go talk to freaking charlatan Dr. Phil about it? Because you're broke and desperate. Oh. He'll give you money. Wow. It, it's and in, the abuse continues. Right. It's in the books. The first TD of the NFL regular season. again. this time, and there is an official touchdown. Kansas City Chiefs stunning the Super Bowl champion New York. Our New England Patriots with a 42-27 win last night in the Pats' home field. I'm not following the sports. I watched the Super Bowl. I'll watch this next Super Bowl. In between, nothing. But, uh... I thought the Patriots were going to go undefeated or something. They, they, they lost the first game. This will not be a surprise to longtime Armstrong and Getty listeners. I am out and proud. Alex Smith is my favorite football player. Really? <laughs> Maybe of all time. I freaking love Alex Smith. is your Smith. favorite dinner because that's I what his arms are. Spaghetti. He's got spaghetti arms. <laughs> Did you watch the game last night? Captain Know Nothing? <laughs> he was masterful. He made Tom Brady look like his wife. Yeah, if only every first Hot. round, first overall pick in the NFL draft could Alex find Smith, the great Alex Smith. I'm 15 sorry, years Mike after he was drafted. There's something is, wrong with it. Is the it fabulous wait a second. Alex Smith? We're burying the headline. I want to punch Mike <laughs> Nolan in the face. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. I've been on his side since that dumb son of a bitch Mike Nolan ruined his shoulder out of some show of manliness. So I'm with you, Alex. So, bearing the lead, Alex Smith was drafted 15 years ago? Or I, I just a decade oh, okay. or so. He was drafted the same year that uh, Aaron Rodgers just, was. I don't like watching time go by so quickly. Got something funny for you coming up. Dang funny. All right. All right. Do you like funny? Are you a fan of funny? Fan of it, yeah. Funny's good. Hillary Clinton's book, not well received by anyone. Nobody's, nobody's saying anything good about Hillary Clinton's book, he, are they? He was drafted in 2002. Okay. 15 years. Jeez. That's incredible. Aging sucks. There's your headline. Um, Beats the alternative. Yeah, Hillary Clinton's book. Not no, Nobody can understand why she wrote it. Democrats don't like it. Republicans are mocking it. Late night hosts who lean that direction are mocking it. I thought it was pretty good. That was sarcasm. <laughs> Stay tuned Thanks, Bill. to the Armstrong and Getty Show. You're not president, but that is not Bernie's fault. He's the one guy you did beat. Also, he didn't tell you not to go to Wisconsin. He didn't tell you to do paid speeches to Wall Street. And he didn't write this terrible joke for you. I don't know who created 
Pokemon Go. But I'm trying to figure out how we get them to have Pokemon go to the polls. Ugh. <laughs> that joke was so bad, people stopped playing Pokemon Go. Yeah, that was amazing. We had a whole sheet yesterday. Fallon, Myers, Colbert, Kimmel, m- making fun of Hillary, blaming various people mm. for why she lost. And that's from the crowd that overwhelmingly likes her side. Right. I mean, so there's nobody that, that thinks this makes sense. I actually feel, and I've never liked the Clintons. I actually feel sorry for her at this point. She, the poor old lady is just, she's just livid. She's delusional. She just can't come to grips with what happened. Man, the whole blaming Matt Lauer, blaming Bernie Sanders, blaming the Russians, blaming Trump. The, and the I take full responsibility for not realizing that my reasoned good policies were not what the times wanted. Oh, that's right. not you. I don't think you understand what taking responsibility means. Well, I realize this is not exactly a, a new observation, but she's not cut out for politics. And and well, that's clearly true. But in what way do you mean? She's just her. her she's a terrible candidate. Yeah, but she. But what about her this? analysis is unforgivable. What, it's what, pathetic. But what about her weird personality quirk of like not being able to recognize that? Boy, I didn't relate to the working class people and didn't campaign in the right states. Yeah, well, people who strange. can't relate to people can't have that relatable experience of it. It's it's one of the most interesting things I've learned about the about the president since since kind of working in in political talk is that more often than not, it's the person who is the most comfortable in their own skin that does very well. Absolutely, and I don't know if I've ever seen a politician less comfortable in their own skin than Hillary Clinton. Well, no but, but if you come out of a meeting and somebody you trust says, you know, you came off as kind of a jerk in there, do you say, no, I didn't? No, I didn't. They're the jerks. No, you'd say, wow, I did? And Hillary might, apparently completely lacks that capacity. And you might at some point determine, I don't think I did, but your first, most people's first response would be, oh, really? Let me think about that for a second. Or she, she doesn't. But apparently. again, it's, if it's somebody whose judgment you really trust, you'd, you'd probably default to, wow, okay. I, uh, I tend to lean more she's probably surrounded by people who don't necessarily say that. Yeah, I think she's sitting around with Huma, and they're just talking about how the world screwed her because she's a woman and because people are so stupid. But anyway, I don't want to run out of time for some of this. Uh, the Onion, fascinating today, funny, with uh, Clinton already working on follow-up book, Casting Blame for Failure of First. <laughs> Chappaqua, New York, saying it would provide a candid account of her experiences writing an unsuccessful tell-all. Sources confirmed Thursday that Hillary Clinton is already working on a follow-up book, Casting Blame for the Failures of her previous book, What Happened? From my agent negotiating that underwhelming deal with Simon & Schuster to the graphic designer's lackluster cover art to my so-called supporters who couldn't be bothered to drop seventeen ninety nine for a hardcover copy, everyone I had had a hand in, my, in undermining my last book's success. Mm. Reads a passage from the introduction to Clinton's What Also Happened, which <laughs> repeatedly decries her prior book's indecipherable font and, <laughs> and dedicates an entire chapter to lashing out at her copy editor for making it look like an idiot third grader. Nice. I'll never forget how Amazon buried me and how Barnes & Noble completely sabotaged me by displaying my book in the back that no man's land by the CDs. <laughs> Frankly, it's obvious I got screwed on all sides. Accusing them of stealing her spotlight, the book reportedly concludes with a long list of every other celebrity who published a memoir in the past year. Wow. Everybody is making fun of the way she's approaching this. Everyone. 
And apparently, politically, I've read this article a couple of places, the Democrats are hating it coming out because it just oh yeah rehashing the whole thing. They're beating up on Bernie, and that wing of the party is the party that's got all the energy right now. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, she'll be casting aspersions, from what I've heard, the excerpts I've seen, at virtually every leading light of the Democrat Party. And just dredging up failure. <laughs> When Just she, dredging up the fact that she lost to the hotel guy from TV. <laughs> when when she says stuff, when she says, I take full responsibility, I should have realized the political climate had changed, that people weren't interested in reasoned policy reports. Does she realize what she's doing there? She does, must not. Does she think that sounds like taking responsibility? Or you're saying people are too stupid and shallow to appreciate you. That's not the same thing. Well, she's taking responsibility for not realizing how stupid and shallow you are. Yeah, I don't... I, <laughs> so you think she understands it? You think, that's weird. No, I think she has a really complex, twisted psychology. That's me going up on stage at open mic night, making jokes, nobody laughs, and I take full responsibility hey, for not... that's me doing open mics. <laughs> I take full responsibility for not realizing the audience is too stupid to get my humor. Right. That's you know exactly what? the same thing. I wrote yeah. the material. It's my fault. I should have understood the audience is a bunch of mouth-breathing <laughs> degenerates. I should have just made flatulent noises, right. because that's what these people would only appreciate, right. and it's my responsibility for not understanding that. Better if I just crapped my pants. But I didn't think of that, and I blame myself. <laughs> right, that is what Hillary Clinton is saying. And, you know, I have a certain amount of sympathy for that point of view, honestly. Um, but she still comes off as a crazy person. Well, how about the Seth Meyers thing? Bernie didn't tell you not to go to Wisconsin and Michigan. That's indisputable. Oh, yeah. There is no counter-argument. Nope. Uh, let's say it's a Friday. Let's hear our guest announcer. And we're back. That concludes a four-song superset from Hard Rocking Barry Manilow. At five after the hour, we'll have your AccuWeather forecast. But first, let's hear the stylings of Final Thoughts with supergroup Armstrong and Getty. That's more or less what we sounded like when we were out of the sack with Joe and Jack that on Mix 96. true. That is so <laughs> not true. Playing soft rock. That's a lie. Here's your host. Lying liar. He's the Joe from Out of the Sack with Joe and Jack. <laughs> Joe Getty. <laughs> That's true. All right, let's get a final thought from everybody. Hey, uh, Marshall, what's your final thought? Well, as you know, I do housework about as quickly as Congress passes legislation. <laughs> I am going to finally use my newly assembled vacuum cleaner and vacuum the rug where my unassembled target table sat for almost two years. <laughs> two years? Years. Was it that long? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. That's not normal. Michelangelo, what's your final thought? Uh, yeah, find a wooden cabin and go off the grid. Cash, no smartphone, no smart TV, bury your money in the yard. It's the only way to protect yourself from being hacked. Uh, good idea. Hey, Positive Sean, what's your final thought? Yeah, if uh, you guys are looking to expand your little test scenario of the goat soap, bring some in. I'll, uh, I'll wash up. I'll see how it lathers. I wanted to bring it in today, but my wife said it's got to be perfect because she doesn't want anybody to see it unless uh, yeah, it's perfect. Right. So. I'd like to try some of that breast milk soap, but I'd like <laughs> no. to date for a while no. first. <laughs> Jack, what's your final thought? God, if a woman gives you that to you, you'd think, I know you a little too well now that I've washed up with your breast milk soap. My final thought was I went to my kid's first tennis lesson last night, a five-year-old and a seven-year-old taking tennis lessons. Five-year-olds playing tennis is pretty funny. Pretty funny. A lot oh of balls God. bouncing off people's heads, that I'll sort of stuff. I bet it is. <laughs> the racket's bigger than they are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. 
You know, it's funny because I'm sure the person with the breast milk soap would never like lift up her shirt. Look at that! I mean, because that would be that'd be crazy, yeah. right? But you're smearing it all over yourself. I know I just, it's weird. That's weird. Seems like we, we 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 now know each other too intimately. If I'm washing, exactly. If I'm washing my privates with your breast milk, shouldn't we like be having sex or something? <laughs> Uh, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll let that stand as my final thought. Although yeah. I just, you know, speaking of parenting, it's amazing. Jack knows all about this, but I've been working through something with my son today. Really tough incident in his life. And um, it is, it's both a challenge and a real pleasure that the parenting doesn't stop when they're not kids anymore. Uh, but boy, the problems get a little more complicated than skinned knees. Yeah. That's why I'm trying to keep my kids uh, small. They sleep in one of those chirogenic... What do you call those chambers? Cryogenic. What good would that do? Uh, Trying to keep their age the same forever. I'm keeping from growing. Can't they do freeze them? That doesn't work. Yeah. (laughs) So what are we doing, Michael? Are we ending the show or what's the plan? No, we just had a little extra time. No, no, we just had a little extra time today. You're the one who started the music. (laughs) I know, but I didn't realize. Are you taking full responsibility? I am taking full responsibility. Okay. Here comes the other music. Okay. Oh, hey, there it is. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. You had one job. (laughs) So many people to thank. The truth is, Michael has like 27 jobs. So many people, thanks so little time. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. We have all sorts of helpful clicks and links. How to freeze your credit, which you ought to do. Uh, the, the, the Equifax people, 143 million Americans got hacked into. Probably you. This is a serious thing. If you missed that part of the show, look into it. Yeah, something I learned today. We should all have our credit frozen. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. The Voice of the West.